out there, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes in all the details of the characters, places, things, concepts, stuff of that <laughs> galaxy far, far away. My name is Mac, and I'm joined by my fellow creature cataloger, Ross. Mac, as always, great to see you. Didn't get to see you last week. Yeah, so happy to Thank see you. you this week. Thank for you for a minute, down. I thought we weren't going to get to see each other today. I recorded like half of another solo show and then found out we'd get to record together. Yeah, thankfully on Saturday, I finally yeah. started feeling human again. I'm glad to hear it. When you sent me the gif of a transformer just being kicked on the ground yesterday. Yeah. And I, I told you that I felt I didn't message it right where I'm like, I still function. <laughs> and you were like, oh, so I'll record my own solo show. No, no, no I still function. I can help. <laughs> I can be here. And I am here to talk about here. Well, actually, I'm here. You were already here. I, I came here. I do. I do. The palatial Star Wars studio here is technically my house. Yes. So ironically, it's <laughs> also your house. I, yeah. We were both here, but not here. We were <laughs> here-ish. <laughs> what a weird day it's already been. It's been a crazy um, one. We have some fun topics to talk about, <laughs> though. So we're going to start by talking about Admiral Yularen, who eventually mm -hmm. becomes Colonel Yularen, who mm -hmm. Wolf Yularen, mm -hmm. the character mm -hmm. of, of perhaps the most consummate military man outside of Tarkin in mm -hmm. the Star Wars universe. Yes. And then we're going to go on. We're going to talk about the Duros, the mm -hmm. race of mm -hmm. blue-skinned, mm -hmm. red-eyed creatures. And then we're going to talk about the Dubak. Yes, yes, yes. Only Yularen has a mustache. But all three of these characters or species or animals are all very cool, mustache you, or not. Imagine how much better the other two things would be. A Do you imagine a Duros with a big Tom Selleck mustache? Yeah. I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, I can. I'm here for I it. I got I'm those jowls. I know where the fill would be. <laughs> and then a Dubak, I just see him with a little tight, little fancy one just right at the front of his beak. Like a Fu Manchu? Is that what that's oh, I can like see the, that? Like the. Remember in. Um, Oh, it's not Donnie Yen. Who is in uh, the Pirates movies, the third one? The, no. Uh, it's not Donnie it's... Yen, is it? No, it's not Donnie Yen. It's, um... It's, um... Oh, Fao Yung Chet? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yes, I think so. But anyway, Fa he's Yung got Chet. that, like, ridiculously long, you know what I mean? Yeah, Remember yeah, Pirates yeah. 3, Outworld's but End? That... Yeah, anyway. I do. Any... <laughs> I like all the Pirates movies. Me I'm, too. I'm a freak. I, I think Outworld's End is a ridiculously weird, awesome movie. It's a... It's a... That's not what we're here to talk about. No, this is not... Boy, could we ever do Pirates of the Caribbean all in? Not a conversation for Not right for now. 58 episodes. <laughs> you might be surprised. Is there fanfic? Is there Are there novels? I'm sure. Is there a continuing world of Pirates of the Caribbean? I think that's a topic for another day. <laughs> all right. Before we jump into the episode, I do just want to take a quick moment to say. Sure. Two quick things. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, there have been a few events kind of in the world of Star Wars and Star Wars Twitter. Mm. Um, I'm just going to be very quick and straight and to the point here, right? Um, if, uh, <sighs> uh, I, I said I was going to be quick you and now ready, I want to choose my words carefully here. Deep, deep I am. I am. I, hmm. Can sum it up. There you. are, <laughs> there are um, lots of people with differing opinions on many issues out in this world. Mm -hmm. However, here at Star Wars All In, I promise you that we are accepting of everyone. So if there is any harassment happening in our mentions, we will be sure to call that out and put an end to it and block anyone doing that. Right. If there is anything happening, um, 
uh, with any sort of hate speech or anything like that mm-hmm. in any way that we see or involved in, we will not tolerate it in any way. So just let that be known. That, and if we uh, ever make a mistake, let us yeah. know. Oh, we yes, please. Yes. And we may not be, be mm-hmm. correct on everything. And if we say something off color, please yeah. let us know that, so we can stop. <laughs> thank that. you. That was the other end. That's the second thing. That is the other end of it. It's basically of... I guarantee I have said things in the past that are insensitive or things in the past that have made people feel uncomfortable. So if that ever happens on this show, whether it's you, Mac, or anyone listening, please, 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 whether it's in public or in a direct mention or whatever, feel free to let us know. Because I definitely can make mistakes, but I promise you, I do want to learn from them. I want to be a better person and I want to know if I say something hurtful to let me know so I never say it again and I become a better person and we all become a better community because Star Wars is for everyone. Yes. Everyone is welcome in this Mm -hmm. community. No one should be made to feel uncomfortable. No one should be made to feel um, hated or oppressed or anything like that. So if anything like that is happening, um, you know, whether it's us doing something that makes anyone uncomfortable or anything like that, or if there's any other situation we need to be aware of, uh, we know we have a very relatively small listener group and Twitter following compared to a lot of Star Wars shows. But, But, you know, we do have a reliable group of people who come and listen every week and who Mm -hmm. do, uh, to a certain extent, interact with us on social media. So, you know, if anything like that is going on sort of in our purview, please, please, please don't hesitate to let us know if there's anything we can do. Absolutely. So simple. Uh, let's move on to some topics, huh? Let's go talk about Admiral Yellowin, who is not the open-minded person that we <laughs> hope we are. Right after this. Of almost every Clone Wars episode, he mm-hmm. is maybe one of the most powerful stashes in the galaxy, and he is the coolest looking customer at the conference table at the Death Star. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're, mm-hmm. we're of course talking about Wolf Yularen. <laughs> it's fun to say, isn't it? Wolf Wolf Yularen. Did you know there have been different spellings of both his first and last name throughout the years? No. Yeah, huh. uh, visual guides and you know resource books and. Uh, the trading cards, which is, I think, where he originally showed up, have had different spellings of both his first and last name. But the current canonical spelling, according to the uh, you know resource guide, uh, the version I have anyway, mm-hmm. is W-U-L-L-F space Y-U-L-A-R-E-N. And I could see like the double L in Wolf. Like I could see like someone's like, does it need a double L? It looks more exotic. I mean, okay. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I've seen is in the last name, that E being replaced with a second A. Well, let's be honest. He didn't have a name till Hasbro says, we're making a figure of him. That's how like half these characters were back in the 70s uh, and 80s. Yes, yes for sure. Uh, 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 Will Rohood. Um, well, it's like, well, who is he? He's the guy in the white uniform. 
That's it. He looks great. It looks great. He, he looks, looks amazing. Great. All right. But before we get there, let's talk about his earlier life. Sure. So we are talking about this character who, as you probably know, if you haven't figured it out by now, is a part of the Galactic Empire. And before that, he was part of the Galactic Republic. Mm-hmm. He is a uh, military man through and through. He started his career fighting with the Republic retired and then came out of retirement to fight in the clone wars right now he serves in the imperial navy primarily during the clone wars so his earliest sort of accomplishment that we know of mm-hmm. is at the battle of the malastar narrows that's the first time he takes on admiral trench who if you don't remember is that yeah. giant spider guy from the clone wars the the, the specialized tactician <clears throat> one of the mm-hmm. better tacticians mm-hmm. in all of the he, yeah he shows up in two places he shows up in the very first chronological episode of the clone wars so if you're watching right. it chronological i think it's season 2 it's like episode 13 i think i looked it up this morning but didn't write it down uh, before i watched it but basically he showed that episode is called cat and mouse Mm-hmm. And he shows up in that episode, both Yularen and Trench. Yep. And then Trench will come back later on uh, in the final season of The Clone Wars. But Yularen actually faces off against him three times, the first time being that battle I just mentioned. Right, which is all pre-Clone Wars. This is just a Republic skirmish with <clears throat> yes. dissidents. Yes, yes, yes. He's leading basically a, a corporate fleet, basically a fleet represented by, you know, business interests. Right. Trade the, Federation type stuff. You yeah, know. Yeah. The, You've heard of that. People fighting off Republic jurisdiction over their mm-hmm, business. Mm-hmm. And Yularen was sent to defeat him there. He blew up his ship thinking he would have taken him, thinking, you know, thinking he Think destroyed him. But no, here we are above Christophus, first battle of the Clone Wars that we really see. And here we see Admiral Yularen going against Trench. Now, at this point, Yularen has been talked out of retirement by Chancellor Palpatine. He is basically in command of the Resolute, an admiral under General Skywalker. Now, Mac, you and I have had this sort of, you know, discussion before about, well, who's higher ranking, a general or an admiral? And in the Star Wars world, it's pretty much established, at least during the Clone Wars, that the general, the Jedi, Anakin, would outrank Yularen in this case. But Yularen is the one in charge of the ship. If, yeah, as I say, if you were looking at this the way our militaries work, we, you know, say in the United States, which is where both of us live, you've got generals who mm-hmm. run armies and yes. you've got admirals which run navies. Yes. So technically, whatever that is, is called, the Resolute Fleet, mm-hmm. the battle group that yes. is the Resolute Star Destroyer and its accompaniment. Yes. Yularen is in absolute control of that. Yes. So Anakin, in theory, can't tell him to pick a different hyperspace lane. Yularen yes. has complete control Having on the movements of that, the ships. I would say it is very strongly implied that when a Jedi tells you to do something in the Clone Wars, even if you're an admiral, you typically listen well, to them. Because the reason you would get most of that is the entire Resolute's battle group, its primary job is the support of the Fighting 501st Legion. Mm-hmm. And Anakin's Legion is the thing that they're delivering deploying because yes. there is nowhere near as much space battles like capital ship battles in the clone wars as there are ground battles interesting i never really thought about like proportionately well partially that's because it's harder to show cool lightsaber fights when they're not fighting on the ground <laughs> but then Fair secondarily well, spaceship battles are more expensive to produce from an animation standpoint. yes and then beyond that it's just in the flavor of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like you think of like the Battle of Hoth, like how bad would that have battle been if like 
oh crap, they're coming, let's leave. And then they just get blasted, the transports just get blasted out of the sky by the Star Destroyers that have superior force. That's boring. Let's make it about this shield generator and ion gun. That's way more interesting way to more watch cool. film. For sure. Now, Yularen, uh, you know, obviously we know at the Battle of Christophus, they are successful in getting through the blockade and they make Planetfall because that's where the Clone Wars movie starts, basically. That's where that we battle. as the audience see the first parts of the Clone Wars is... The 2008 movie in yeah. the Battle of Christophus. Yeah, which is technically the first place Yularen has a speaking line. But chronologically, it's really season two, episode 13, Cat and Mouse. But anyway, doesn't matter. So Yularen takes place at many battles during the Clone Wars. He, you know, he participates in a lot. Uh, Geonosis, let's say I have him written down here. Uh, Ryloth, which, you know, that comes uh, a couple times he'll be there. Uh, Deveron. Um, now, okay. So you have this character, and to me, the biggest memory I have of him from the Clone Wars is during the Malevolence arc, Grievous's ship, the mm. Malevolence. And if you don't remember, this is the ship that sort of shoots like an EMP web, and anything it touches, it kind of powers down the ship. It kills all the electronics on board. Yeah, it, 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 it it's an ion weapon, the way Star Wars yeah. defines ion weapons, and ion weapons disable like electronic systems. So mm -hmm. it just makes all these ships dead in the water. Mm -hmm. And Yularen, along with Skywalker and Kenobi and Ahsoka, is trying to take this ship down. They're trying to mm -hmm. find it and destroy it. And that, to me, is the time where you really see him, I think, kind of give the most input. I mean, he's in a ton of Clone Wars episodes, but it's always just sort of very general. It's mostly generic military speak. Yeah. Or or just giving the the giving a counterpoint to the character. Character like, well, we got to do this, but General Skywalker, that might be bad. Well, I don't care. Okay. Yes, <laughs> that's basically it. He's I just mean, there to establish stakes, the mm -hmm. military perspective, and exposition of, oh, we're mm -hmm. above the planet, this one that you're about to go to. And don't forget, he has a great mustache. It is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The full Tom Selleck. Well, just real quick. I think the thing about Yularen's primary job is his feel in the Clone Wars, especially the earlier seasons, is like, the fussy butler chauffeur for Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> the the guy who's he's like, hey, I need to go to Christophus. Well, so of course we can get there, I guess. <laughs> Ugh, with post haste. Gentlemen, go and get the car ready. <laughs> like, there's a certain level of he's like the chauffeur for Anakin because he is obviously a much more buttoned up military man than this boy that's running around with his laser stick oh for sure he is the adult on the ship by a lot uh-huh for sure uh mac he does do some other things after the clone wars end but before we yes. jump over there do you have any other thoughts well the you last know, thing i want to put that's pretty interesting is now that we've seen the end of the clone wars he is also in theory he is present for the entire downfall of the republic yes because he is the he is the support system for the fighting 501st. So yes. when they attack the Jedi temple and stuff, right yeah. there, the, those troops have probably come down from the resolute that was probably at the battle of Coruscant. It might be where Anakin and Obi-Wan left to go fight their part of the mm -hmm. battle of Coruscant. Mm -hmm. Like if the 501st is there to do operation nightfall, then mm -hmm. that means Yularen's probably in orbit and says, signs off on those troops going down to yeah, do that. For sure. It's kind of crazy because the 501st gets so drastically split 
at the yes. end of the Clone Wars. You know, um, you know, their commander Rex is gone. Obviously, you've got now Vader's in control of them. Uh, now to them, you know, the same guy, whatever. They're you know to them, they're just following their orders. They're just doing their thing. Uh, you know, regardless of the chips in their head or not, they're just kind of like doing what they've been you know. It's kind of nice now but, to know that when that lineup of troops is following Anakin into the temple, Rex isn't there. It is, isn't it? It's a it's nice. nice relief for sure uh okay so the clone wars ends you know transition here into the galactic empire and Lorengos hangs up that gray blue and grabs a green one <laughs> he does he's ready he wants to transition so he resigns his admiralship and he basically becomes a colonel in what is essentially or will become the isb yeah and his first mission and this is talked about in the tarkin novel yes is to go and basically find anyone in the senate who is supporting the rebellion or what is the early days of the rebellion and just to establish the isb the imperial security bureau is essentially the imperial secret police their their whole job is to identify early dissonance and uh compromises in loyalty especially among the echelons of the empire's important Structures, so the Senate, the military, um, the governorships, all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, what's interesting about all of this to me is how much we've built Yularen into this character. You know, obviously, we in the Clone Wars, but he's shown up in a couple of novels. He showed up in Tarkin. He's mm-hmm. shown up in the first Thrawn novel. Uh, so, you know, he's popping up all over and where he gets to be a little bit more of a character mm-hmm. is in some of those novels. So if you haven't, I would recommend checking them out. I feel like there's one more. Is it maybe a new dawn? I feel like there are three novels I remember seeing him in. Oh, he's in the Dark Disciple novel, although that yes. is Clone Wars. That's that's true. Um, I forgot about that, but he is one of the people who's trying to hunt down Dooku. He's like yes. on that squad, basically. Um, oh, he's in a, he's a, I think he's talked about later in some of the, through our notes. He, he's talked about, yeah, as I'm trying to find yeah, 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 you're, yeah. Good, you're good. He's talked about in another novel. He's talked about an aftermath. I think that could be, it's been a minute. Cause well, the thing about Yularen is Yularen in many ways, again, he, he joins the secret police. So what you kind of see is Yularen is a true believer in the idea that, yeah. The Republic didn't fall. The Republic became the Empire. It became a stronger, more centralized yeah. government for peace it and reformed. prosperity. It reformed. It didn't fall. It was, it, I mean, to anyone who was serving, it was like there was no paycheck interruption. As a, <laughs> yes. Like, it, right? It, it evolved. And so he's a true believer, and this is why he ends up as a force of order trying to rein in the new order. Make sure that, um, actually, I don't know if Compnor actually exists anymore, but... Uh, I, I don't know if that's in canon anyway. There's a group called Compnor, which was the the civilian version of rah rah the new new regime. Hey, yeah. everything th- they would be running the Hitler Youth of the Empire, <laughs> like the ones who were trying to get people on board. On this is so great, right? And Yularen would have signed off on that. <laughs> um, and so Yularen is this like true believer and is is an imperial man. He, he makes sure that the Empire prospers and grows, and he's probably a big believer in the Tarkin Doctrine of making sure that we use force to unite this Empire under one banner. Mm-hmm. And we kind of see him 
end up being so important that he's on this intercircle council of um, Tarkins, this military hemegemon that is some of the most important leaders that that's why they get stationed at the Death Star, because this is now the central command of the Imperial military. And it's going to end up being his downfall. It will be. Because while he looks real relaxed when that dude's getting choked down further down on the table. He's uh, seen that before. Yeah. We see Lauren basically... His quote-unquote first appearance in all of Star Wars is you see him twice in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. He's at the conference table, um, and he's one of the heads of state, and he's very noticeable because he's in a white uniform, which no one else is in a white white uniform. I think there's one other guy, but white uniform, white mustache. It's like a gray one, like, Mm. but like he, he's important. That's how we learned that he's ISB and that that's how we established that is that's what he's a different military branch. And you also briefly, briefly see him of when uh, Chewie, Han, and Luke are getting into the turbo lift. Mm-hmm. He's one of the people that's walking past yes. talking I to think, one of his aides. I think that might be where you see the other white uniform. That's where And I he's talking to someone else in ISP, yeah, which makes yes, sense. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, you were talking about the conference. Oh, you, you're all good. Yeah, so we basically just know that he's a high-ranking dude. And also, he's a person that works. He's not just in his office. He's yeah. walking around the Death Star getting stuff done. Getting those steps in. Making sure those Wookiees are enslaved and building those lower decks like they're supposed to. That's right. That's right. You got to be efficient in the Empire. I was going to say. So, uh, unfortunately, Yalaren, the war hero, the military hero, his life was cut short by a terrorist Luke Skywalker. Yes. When um, when. Galen Erso made it an inside job by leaking mm-hmm. to a terrorist mm-hmm. cell, mm-hmm. a overlooked issue with mm-hmm. the Death Star's design. He killed not only Tarkin, <clears throat> but an entire group of the military council. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much Gen- Grand General Tag's like the only guy from that scene who lives. <laughs> <laughs> he luckily, he skirted out just in time. Yeah, for sure. Him and Vader. Him and Vader. That's about it. Everybody else, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a pretty crushing blow. You know, that's the craziest part when you think about like when Vader is choking out, um, you know, the guy at the conference room and tags like, you know, looking like, oh, that's interesting. I think it's really funny because Yularen is so chill as a cucumber in every scene of that. And like retroactively, obviously the actor didn't know what was going to happen, but like <laughs> that dude has been hanging out with this choke hungry force user forever. Do yeah, you tight. think? Do you think that when that happens, he's like, oh, I have the ISB files. I know you're Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I don't know if he knows. My, one thing I, is my like, money would be on he does not know. Well, but do you think that when he sees that guy getting choked out, you're like, this seems oddly familiar. <laughs> he probably didn't see Anakin choke too many people. There's a few. <laughs> There's a few. I mean, we know Anakin has done some dark side stuff before he turned. Um, well, no. But. Him choking people is just his go-to move. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, what was the one, one where they had the one... Um, prisoner and they're trying mm-hmm. to interrogate and mm-hmm. and it gets like well i'll interrogate him you know by closing his larynx with my hand with the force i swear it'll work it it it's always worked before <laughs> hey i mean if it works for you lauren he's happy with it but i also wonder like again it is one of those biggest thing is how deep and dark of a secret is vader because canon has many confused ideas of mm-hmm. how some people are like no he's a symbol of mm-hmm. the terror terror engine that is mm-hmm. the empire he's a piece of propaganda and most people know about their boogeyman mm-hmm. and then other people are like no he's a secret weapon that when he shows up in the battle people f- people have just enough time to go what the hell is that mm-hmm. before they're cut down i think by the time we get to new hope people know the name vader 
mm-hmm. but they may not know what he looks like. I think that's kind of where we're at in current canon. Like, they know mm-hmm. that he's this dark spirit evil guy. But I think that's kind of where we're at. As far as people knowing his identity, the only ones I can think of off the top of my head in canon are going to be Thrawn. Sure. The Emperor. Yep. Ahsoka eventually. Uh, she will by Sabe, Rebels. I think, knows. So, I haven't read those comics yet. Oh, yeah. Those knows. are coming. Those yeah. are coming. I assume. Because yeah, they're searching no, makes for sense. things about Padme. So I assume she knows. The character you um, play in Vader Immortal. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a name, I don't think. Uh, Tarkin might... doesn't, does he? Here's the best part. I don't think Tarkin cares. <laughs> like, Tarkin and Yularen, that's like why I'm like, I can see Yularen knowing it. Why? Because he doesn't care. He isn't giving you Sith mumbo jumbo. Like, great, he used to be Anakin Skywalker. I don't care. I used yeah. to be in the Imperial Na- in the Republic Navy. Yeah. My paycheck kept clearing. I'm sure his did, too. You know what my favorite thing about guys like Yularen and Tarkin is by the time you get to, uh, you know, a New Hope time? Mm. is they're like these guys know the force is real but yes. they're just like it's not <laughs> like well, they're just full-on republican denying that anything is right about it like well no no no. well the whole thing is because because they are republicans they were yeah. part of the republic and now they're imperial yeah um uh no i, I love I think, that i love it well i i think they're towing the emperor's here's line the, it's not just that but in their own minds i'm certain point of view I like the the way Tarkin expressed it. You're the last remnants of that failed religion. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the Force was real, but you're all that's left. It has been destroyed. It's not that, oh, the Force is real. It's like, no, no, no. The Force was real. We killed it. <laughs> I mean, you yes, know what I mean? that's like, true. I feel there is a, it needed to be brushed away from history mm-hmm. for the new mm-hmm. regime. For, you know, I I could really see Tarkin being like, I wish I could Force jump. But I killed that guy, so no one can force jump. You know, once everyone's super, no one is. So if there's no superheroes, then I'm super. Um, I like that. So Yularen's a really, really cool cat. And like I said, he's a fussy butler. Um, But I think the thing that's interesting about him is, like you said, he's one of those characters like R2-D2 who's like, holy crap, the amount of history they were witness to is Mm -hmm. astonishing. Mm -hmm. And I love that it's all in Clone Wars, essentially. Like he's just that character that keeps popping up and it's great. Well, he's such a witness to the downfall of the Republic because he was a Republic officer when they didn't really have a standing military, right? He's one of the few peacekeeping officers running a fleet of anything for the Republic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all the way to its militarization through the Clone Wars, all the way to the Imperial War Machine Mm -hmm. and all the way to the apex of the Imperial technology, the ultimate weapon. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a really broad view of everything in, you know, a 30-year history. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, I couldn't agree more. An amazing stash. Like you said, like Tom Selleck I, level. Like, it's, it's just really you powerful. Could, you could brush a floor with it. Mm-hmm. You could you could sweep your porch with it. I just, I love it. Yeah, no, it's powerful I, no it. seriously i really encourage mm-hmm. you if you if you're like i don't remember that go, go mm-hmm. look up a picture i you're love in new hope and i love that like his mustache is just the same shade of white it's like someone got the color dropper out and it was like okay we're gonna match his uniform to his mustache exactly yeah yeah huh you know what it's interesting you know, i'm thinking about it. like one of the only other figures we see with a white uniform is krennic does mm-hmm. i mean krennic's thrawn the- thrawn wears a white uniform that's true Thrawn is weird because it's... It, He's a very, yeah. Well, originally it was white because he was a Grand Admiral back yeah. in pre-canon. Yeah. But 
I don't know why the I don't know why they would wear that other than just if I get custom threads, I'm that good. Yeah. Uh, Krennic, I could see. Krennic, I could see as a director, he may not actually be military. Mm-hmm. He might be semi-civilian or or like Yularen, technically part of a civilian branch yeah. of something. I don't know. It's interesting. Oh, the last thing I want to say about Yularen, I almost forgot this. And Yularen is voiced by Tom Kane. Oh, that is one of important. the most important, mm-hmm. uh, like, character actors in who Star else Wars. does he voice mac well when his biggest claim to fame is he took over yoda when frank oz is not available yeah um and does a great job he does he, the majority of clone wars it is him performing that yeah. he also performs like i said which is why i say yularen's voice it's tough to tell if well is this yularen saying this or is this just tom kane saying it but i kind of like to think that a lot of the openings the galaxy divided segments of the beginning of clone wars is maybe yularen's war journal kind mm-hmm. of thing I like that idea. Um, but Tom Kane is a really important uh, addition to the Star Wars family, and he's going to be with us forever. <laughs> he will. He will. And, you know, maybe we'll see more of him. I mean, we see him in Rebels. Mm-hmm. You know, Callus reports to him. Oh, we should mention. That's yeah. the other time you see the ISB yeah. is is Callus is probably the biggest face of the ISB mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, for his sure. boss is Yolanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you love to see someone with a long, fruitful career. Yes. And his widow or whatever, I'm sure they got a nice payout after the Death Star, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, again, if the paycheck's cleared during a complete regime change, I'm sure the insurance policy is real nice. I hope so. I really do hope so. I want I want those families made whole. Oh, God, now you got me on this entire thing. I, I watched a documentary about the uh, insurance adjuster for 9-11 recently. Oh, that couldn't and have been good. It was fascinating, though, of like, here's an impossible task. That needs to be done. Yeah. How do we do it? Yeah. And now I'm just thinking of like, oh man, that would happen in the Star Wars universe. There yeah. would be all these, you know, whatever. Oh, for what is sure. 400,000 uh, people that were on the Death Star. Wow. Like someone what, yeah. down at the Imperial Bank and Insurance Bureau is having to fill out all of that paperwork. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. That company may not survive, actually. That... Well, it's okay. It's nationalized, so... <laughs> It's backed by the emperor himself. Uh, good point. Good point. It's it's based on the gold standard. I think. Yeah, it's, is what it's I heard. It's kind of like uh, it's like uh, lords over in England. Ah. Like, yeah, this insurance company has been around so long that the empire will have to fall before it falls. <laughs> uh, well, now that I feel educated on you, Lauren, yeah. you ready to talk about a different thing rather than a person, a species? Yeah, let's do it. blue and they may be one of the most popular species in the entire galaxy even though you've only seen a handful (laughs) (laughs) yes it's the duros the duros they are a core world species they are good at developing hyperdrives i hear right isn't that their thing they're good at space travel they're fantastic engineers some Mm -hmm. of the best engineers in the galaxy Mm -hmm. and because of this they're eager to get out there which means they're spread all throughout the galaxy now there are a couple of duros there's pretty much three big duros we're going to talk about and then one kind of mention right or 
Um, yeah. So let's start with the first Duros we ever see in Star Wars. Mac, where does that happen? So in New Hope, we see hanging out around the cantina amongst all the aliens, a uh, a a Duro. Actually, there's a pair of them, isn't there? Oh boy! I think I in the background the there's a pair. We do get yeah. one hero shot of at least one of them. And the biggest thing about the Duros is, as they raided all the monster closets to create <laughs> the cantina scene. The Duros are interesting because they represent probably the most classic alien in American pop culture. They kind of represent the gray, this Mm -hmm. big domed kind of like, you know, um, wide foreheaded creature with these almondy eyes that's very smooth skin, Mm -hmm. almost no nose or mouth to speak of, just Mm -hmm. kind of a slit for a Mm -hmm. mouth. We're very used to seeing that. And if you live through the 90s, then you saw entirely too many pictures of that, thanks to like the X-Files and other things. <laughs> but what is cool about them is I like they have a Star Wars twist because their color palette's different. It's not black eyes with a gray skin. It's blue skin with these fairly bright mm-hmm. red mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Just and striking. Even though that's mostly what we see. In fact, that's really as far as primary characters go, what we see, blue skin, red eyes, there are apparently color variants out there in the species, Mm. which I actually didn't know about. No. Um, But according to Wikipedia, that's a thing. Yeah, and I mean, the thing about it that's interesting is the Duras, like I said, in old canon and still kind of there is like, they're one of the most populous species Mm -hmm. and they're an outlier that got really oppressed when the Empire rises because... They're the only non-humans that are real mover and shakers in the cold Mm -hmm. core worlds. So let's talk about the most popular Duros that we meet throughout the Star Wars universe. So number one has to be Cad Bane, right? He's got to be. We got to put him at the top of the list for a couple of reasons. One, he is a well-known, in fact, of his time, maybe the best bounty hunter. He is the Boba Fett of his age. It does feel like that, doesn't it? Yes. Um, He also has his little robot companion, Toto, I believe, right? Toto, Um, yeah. You know, Cad Bane, I don't know if you've even seen this, Mac. He is getting a convention Black Series figure release here coming up very, very soon. I'm a little disappointed it'll be very, very hard to get. Uh, I'm sure there will be a regular box version that will be slightly less hard to get that we'll go after. I think the fun thing about it is I seem to remember, and I could... um, I'm going off on a limb here, but like, I'm pretty sure I remember listening to a podcast that Dave Filoni was on. And I think Cad Bane, one of the reasons he's a Duros is because this species is important and they don't have a face in Star Wars. And so he gave them that. And the fun thing about Cad Bane is he is so interesting. He's got a real Western feel with his wide brimmed hat and stuff. (laughs) And then he's engineered himself to be a Jedi chaser. Mm -hmm. Like, He's got the redundant breathing system, so you can't force choke him. He's got the rocket boots, so he can keep up with you if you're trying to jump and leap around. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just such a cool customer, and just like Boba Fett, I think he's just fascinating, because like, how can he be mad or, or get frustrated with a guy who's so competent? <laughs> yeah, someone who... Someone who's smart enough to know when they've lost to, that's a real sign of a smart warrior. You know, he's not afraid to run away if he has to, but it's very rare he finds himself outmaneuvered or outsmarted. Yeah. And that's one of the things that makes him so cool is his competence. Right. It's weird how that makes a good character. Well, I... It's it's a it's a shortcut to liking a character. Mm-hmm. Usually, like you know, there's a handful of shortcuts I tell tell you in like 
film school, like with screenplays. Like, how do you get people into characters? Like, well, make them do something nice that everyone usually goes, well, they're not that bad. <laughs> um, that's especially how you do it. Like, uh, there's a whole school called Save the Cat where make them save the cat in the first five minutes so that we know that they're a good guy, even if they don't seem that way. <laughs> um, another one is make them attractive. That's always a good way. Sure, sure. And Cad, Cad Bane, Bane is attractive. Well, I was going to say, Cad Bane doesn't benefit from those first two as much. Oh, I thought but so. But skill and competence... Are, are always envied traits in people. So even if you're, you know, skilled at something I don't even understand, like, oh, you're the greatest macrameist ever. That's pretty cool. I've never met a really great macrameist. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's just it's it's a great way to get on board with a character. And that's all Cad Bane has, except mm-hmm. for one thing I like about Cad Bane is unlike all the other cool bounty hunters that come before Cad Bane has a strong voice and point of view that he'll tell you about. Mm, he He's does. not the Boba Fett who's silent, essentially. He's not the pre prequels one we had, Miss Lady Fett, which was was or a sing for a long time, mm-hmm. who has bare has less time than Boba Fett being seen, <laughs> even though she got some stuff in the in the Clone Wars, we did expand yeah. her character. Yeah, but we like, do get to see her a little bit in the Clone Wars. She was in some Legends books, too. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. She had more character well, there, for sure. Just like Boba Fett. But I'm saying, wow, on true. screen, not no. much going on. She's no, looking she's down that scope. One. Yeah, she looks down that scope uh, and says, huh, pod races. And then uh, the only other time she's in a film is when she's mentioned in Solo. That's true. Because Tobias Beckett kills her. Apparently. Good lord. Apparently um, he eventually gets to Jamie King and ices her. It's, oh, it's bad. It so much. Uh, there's one other Duros in Star Wars who we should talk about, and that is Shriv from Battlefront 2. Oh, right. He is a fan favorite character. Oh, you're People right. love He's him. Great. He's so. Yeah, Shriv yeah. Shurgan, I think is how you pronounce it, if I remember correctly. I always thought, like, playing the game, it was Shuragav, like there was another Val in there. Sure. But I think it's just Shurgav. We really should have pronunciation guides and anything Star Wars related, but we really well, it's been a minute since I played the Battlefront 2 campaign. But if you haven't played that, not only is that a great campaign for a game that was marketed as a multiplayer game, like sure, especially now, but even then, I would have been happy paying $60 just for that campaign because it was great. And I gotta say, it's not that expensive, folks, it's it's very attainable. And if you're on Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, like, guess what, in a month or two, you'll be able to get it as part of EA access and you just could play it. It was free like a month or two ago on PS plus too, I think. Yeah. As I uh, say, it's not that hard to acquire. And it, and as a person who stinks at shooters and has no interest in multiplayer, mm-hmm. it's still worth going through it's, that single player I campaign. So it's too. really good. Uh, there's a fantastic mission where Shriv and Lando go to destroy an ATAT yes, factory. And so it good. is, he's a good character. He comes back in the DLC later. Yes. And it is, um, uh, I don't know if it's confirmed, but he he's at the Battle of Exegol, like that. You know, he's him, and, the... him and Zay, yeah, are at uh, are at that, that makes battle. Sense. That makes uh, sense. So you know, he at least I think so. I'm yeah, I'm like ninety eight percent sure. If they haven't been, someone will write that. Yeah, since this wasn't a shriv topic, I didn't really look that up beforehand, but I'm pretty positive. Now, there's one other mention of Duro, and it comes from Solo. Okay. So one of the artifacts that Dryden Voss has on his ship is the mummified hand of the lost king of Duro. Now, I'm just going to read this directly. Uh, So, the lost king of Duro was a male king of Duro whose mummified hand was displayed on Dryden Voss's yacht, the First Light. On each of the fingers of the hand were ring lockets that held preserved samples of the royal bloodline. 
Wow. Kind of neat, right? That's a that um, is a neat little artifact. And that and that comes from the Star Wars solo Star Wars story official guide, by the way, is where that, I got that. Yeah, his trophy room is a really interesting place. There's some there's that uh, like crystalled skull in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there. There's some great stuff. There is some some great great stuff. But I think it's I think it's just important to point out the Doros because I, I, despite them not being seen as much, they are an important way of the 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 ticking clock that is that universe. They're important. Like they, you know, there's a lot of rumors that Corellia learned its uh, hyperspace technology by stealing it from the Duros. <laughs> that while humans like to claim like, oh, we were the first ones with fast and light travel. They're like, no, no, the Duros probably had that first. You mm-hmm. stole it. Mm-hmm. But we stole it so well, we're going to claim that we didn't steal it. <laughs> Who are you going to believe? Me or this blue guy? Yeah, we're going to start our, we're going to start a xenophobic hatred of aliens right here. And it'll culminate <laughs> in the Empire. <laughs> Even though, isn't it weird that that is not as big of a thing as, like, when I was growing up, like, the Duros were absolutely downtrodden because they're like, you're the outlier. You shouldn't have core world assets, you freaks. And the Empire (laughs) did that. But, like, now because we need to make the First Order the absolute space Nazis, like, we have a kinder, gentler, more equal opportunity Empire than we ever had when we were kids. Well, what it, so, in my opinion... What they've kind of framed it as is basically the hate of aliens and, uh, to a certain extent, women in the Empire Yeah, doesn't come from the Emperor. It comes from the high-ranking military. Well, Whereas in Legends, I feel like it came more from the Emperor. And I think as our world has changed and gotten more rounded, I think it's the same thing of, like, it's not that the Empire is a good place if you're an alien or a woman. It's just... It's now more institutional xenophobia and sexism than it is outright bigotry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you see that in the Thrawn novel of how people treat Thrawn yes. and how it's like some people don't really care. And yeah. some people are really, mm-hmm. you know, monsters about yeah. it. But and we I, see other things like like class stratification because yeah. we're like, oh, you have a sp- Outer Rim accents. Uh-huh, for sure. So. Personally, though, I think it's a good... Ch- I mean, obviously, it's a good change to have more... You know, I mean... Okay. Even, even our spa- the Star even Wars world, even the our, reason I like Even it. our villains, yeah. we expect more from them now. <laughs> well, what I like about it specifically, and it, it's because of Thrawn, is I like how the Emperor... Let me put it this way. Anytime you get to see Palpatine being, quote-unquote, wise... Yeah. I like that. I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see Ooh. him being a step ahead and he's not gonna like throw someone away because well, they're not human like perfect example his public face is not human yeah massa media is not a human mm-hmm. and it just represents like the emperor sees everyone as valuable tools if you're a valuable tool exactly. you get to stick around exactly <laughs> are you a woman are you an alien mm-hmm. are you a draw i don't care what you are mm-hmm. are you useful to me is the only measurement i have for mm-hmm. people a rabid cur can be a sharp tool. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so Duros, they're really cool. Uh, I don't have I They are cool. I've already I already run out of things know. to say. One about. day we'll do Cad Bane and Shriv as their own topics. Yeah, I think yeah, they're worthy of their own I, I topics. Mean, Cad especially. Um hey, that black series figure can't wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get one. Uh-huh. I uh you know, a convention. I don't have a Hasbro Pulse Plus premium, whatever, so I don't we'll see. Um but I, I am gonna remember try and one get thing. One. <laughs> Just make sure you get like a, a foot peg for that one, because it'll probably be like IGA. He's so thin and tall. He is thin and tall. We'll see. I uh, 
Yeah, one day they'll start including stands with Black Series figures one day. But we'll fire up that 3D printer and get you fixed up if we need to for that special, <laughs> those special ones. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, man, well, we'll uh, move on to another creature that starts with D, huh? <gasps> we should. Let's do it right now. Someone was in the pod. The tracks go off in this direction. Look, sir, droids. Okay, Mac, let's do the do-backs. Now, here's mm-hmm. the thing. They're slow. They are. They're giant lizards. They are giant. And depending on what version of A New Hope you watch, they may be a little different for you. Maybe. Maybe. Basically, the do-backs are the camel of Tatooine. That's a good way of putting That's it. That's how I'm going to put it, yeah. Um, so we know that on Tatooine, we see dewbacks in a couple of different places. The primary place we see them is from 1997 on in the special editions. Right. The stormtroopers prominently ride dewbacks when they're searching through the Tatooine desert for the droids. Correct. Now, we also see dewbacks added in in Mos Eisley. But yep. in the original version of the film, we see them just much, much less. They're much smaller. They're on the horizon. They're not moving. Well, and yeah. then we see a sort of animatronic version in Moss Eisley. Yeah. The biggest problem was the animatronics kept getting damaged by, like, the sand mm-hmm. and everything. So by the time they got to all the hero shots for the Dubaks, they basically didn't move. Yeah. So you've got the one faraway shot where, like, look, sir, droids, where there's a guy standing, like, like on, the on the mount. hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, we yeah. see, like, yeah, the horse on the hill with a lance mm-hmm. kind of picture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we see one next to the cantina yes. that's moving its head a little bit. Yes, that's, that's basically pretty yeah, much in it. the original version, yeah. Now, these are a beast that are native to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. They can survive in the desert, which is why people ride them as mounts. Uh, use the term a minute ago, beast of burden, right? Yeah. Um, they're, I mean... There's not a lot to say about them. Stormtroopers ride them. Later on, the Mandalorian uh, rides one. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what else is there to say? Well, besides, I mean, I have other things to say, but well, in a, universe, what I've else? I've a bolder thing to say about it. So you you mentioned when we were pre-gaming this about like, how does the planet have Banthas and Dewbacks? <laughs> Can we have two mounts? To which I go, hey, in Earth, we... No, we pretty much just ride horses and um, well, elephants. Camels. And camels. camels. We do ride hammock and donkeys. donkeys. See, our planet has many mounts. Not That's as many true. as I not as many as science fiction That's and fantasy true. do. True. Our to- our planet has more than one topographic feature though, too. To be That's fair. True. But you've already mentioned horses <laughs> and camels, both found in the desert, according to Lawrence of Arabia. So yeah. I'm assuming that's canon. Yeah. Is that what Hildalgo is? I've never actually seen it. Hildalgo is about an Arabian horse race. That's and there are so. a lot of horse species that are native to the Arabian world. Yeah. So. Another Liam Neeson film, by the way. It also, still haven't seen it, but I know that. I fact. saw it in theaters. Did you? Was it good? It's not bad. Okay. I, I don't want to say it's... It's been a while. All I remember was it's a fun adventure story at a time where fun adventure stories weren't in vogue. Mm-hmm. So I remember I liked mm-hmm. it, but I don't know if it was mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. well-received. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the thing about it is, like, we mostly see that Banthas are... I think they're more free-roaming. Like, I think yeah. the Tuscans are the only ones that have really tamed them. Well, that makes sense. For that. Now, the other thing about the Banthas, they produce milk. As far as we know, dewbacks do not produce any milk. They do not. That's probably why the stormtroopers use them. Less maintenance. They, they only have one job, to keep mm-hmm. stormtroopers from one place to another mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. a speeder bike just won't do. <laughs> That's right. When you want to go slower and not pay for gas. Well, slower and longer. Yeah. 
You want you go up further. That that's true. I'm assuming enough. their operational range is a lot higher because much like a camel, like I'm assuming like you give that thing a cup of water, it's mm-hmm. good for a month. Mm-hmm. It's fun because the Dubaks have this sort of long history in Star Wars, being that they were sort of added back in heavily in the special editions. Oh, and in seventy seven, well, not literally seventy seven, but as the release of seventy seven, oh, there was a toy. Oh, there was a toy. Yes, there was a toy. And as a child, I had a do-back, you know, Power of the mm-hmm. Force 2 line. I had a do-back toy. Uh, you know, one of those nice deluxe ones that came with the Sam Trooper. Yep. Uh, the one everyone had. And now, oh, oh boy, is there a Black Series do-back. Oh, okay. And it is one of the coolest toys ever. Not okay, only does man. the Stormtrooper actually stay on top of it, which you would think wouldn't be possible because of how wide they are. But the mouth opens, the tongue moves, the the you know the hands, the feet. They like they have joints to pivot. It's, it is fantastic. I have a burning question though. Yeah, is it hard plastic or has it got like a, like a little latex stick? It to is it? very much hard plastic. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, very much. Not hard everything plastic. can be our hapivore with that fine oh, sticky vinyl skin. But I have one of those vinyl do backs too. Remember I bought it you when we did. were in Disney together. You're right. When we were at You're Celebration right. 2017 You're at right. that toy store at Downtown Disney, we found the vinyl do back that matched the vinyl half a board that I paid way too much for on eBay when it first came out because it was a park exclusive. But still worth it. Um <sighs> that do back is good. And I think the last packed away. the other thing I want to say about do backs that's important is with Banthas, it's an important thing that makes Star Wars unique, and it's something that's been doubled down in Star Wars many, many times over of this is sci fantasy. Mm-hmm. People ride mounts. Yes, we have speeder bikes and land speeders, but no, the animal life still plays a really important role mm-hmm. in day to day life of these people because mm-hmm. we still want to have, again, there's a reason that Stormtrooper has a big <laughs> stick prod, and mm-hmm. so he looks like an errant knight with a lance up on that hill because it looks so classic imagery, but of course he's not on a horse. He's on this giant monitor lizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it really is just a giant monitor lizard. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it really it's, it's a taller Komodo, mm-hmm. it's a taller, thinner Komodo yeah. dragon the size yeah. of a Buick. Basically, think Godzilla, but it didn't go as well when he got irradiated. No, and he never really got up. He <laughs> never got that bipedal. <laughs> it down. was like kind of the middle fail. Like think about like Animorphs. It's like the transition didn't go the whole way. Do you know the other thing you know? I find really? What? I have to think about the Dubaks. What? I assume they're chill. They seem chill. They're not dragons mm-hmm. or anything. They're they're not aggressive. I could just see them just being like real chill. Mm-hmm. They like, seem chill. Yeah, it's like you you know you want some food? Here's here's some here's some grass. You like that? Do you think it's like an alligator though? Like when they want to, they can move real fast and mess your day up. If they're like monitor lizards, probably not. Because <laughs> what monitor lizards do is they just wait. They don't they, they wait? They wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm also assuming the dewback. Like, hey, I gotta get somewhere at night. You don't want to take the dewback. He's super duper asleep. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many hours they sleep a day. That's a good question. Because most lizards, you know, they they just, they're done. When yeah. the sun's gone, they're like, I'm cold-blooded, man. I'm done. Yeah, no, I'm done for the day. How hot is Tatooine at night? Pretty hot, I would think. Well, if deserts it's like get a, cold at night. That's cold. true. That's true. I assume it's not as bad as a normal desert because if they're turning off the power grid at night, that mm-hmm. means they're probably not heating like Luke's apartment and yeah. stuff. But they're also built underground. Is that to insulate them? I have two suns, though, so the heat might hold differently. All right. We need to go get someone who's doing the hard work. I want to know about the geoclimates of yeah. these 
one terrain That's in a reference guide or a source book or a game book somewhere. I guarantee it. Yeah. Dewbacks. Fun. They're great. Fun. I should have bought like three or four of the Black Series Dewbacks when they came out. I only have one. You, well, you know, you live, you learn, you pay more on eBay. <laughs> Tale as old as You know, I have a fun thing to say about that in our appendix. You ready to go? I'm ready. to. Let's head. I think we're ready. Star Wars is for everyone. Every day, we have the ability and opportunity to create a more accepting world by actively coming together and living inclusively. Whether it's the galaxy far, far away or right here at home, there's always a chance to do even small things to include other people, let them know that they're loved. Just regardless of the differences we have between us, what makes us in common is far more important. Yeah, Star Wars loves and accepts all. And it's always been about that. And here we are in 2020, Star Wars more inclusive than ever. I can't tell you how many different people from different walks of life, different ability levels, different races, creeds, genders, that were all together at Star Wars Celebration to celebrate the things we love. Sometimes it feels like you're fighting against the Empire when you're trying to champion what's right. But remember, it takes all of us to fight an Empire. So join us and everyone else in the galaxy and learn how you can come together at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. We had Dubax, we had Duros, we had something that mm-hmm. doesn't start with a D in your Laren. We talked about <laughs> some fun stuff tonight. The D in Wolf is silent. Maybe it's his middle name. Wolf D Yularen. <laughs> What's the D short be. for? No, it doesn't have a period. His middle name is just the letter D. Just the letter. It's D-E-E. D. Oh, D-E-E. D. Or maybe three, because he already has two extra L's. It's <sighs> a lot of work here we're doing. I don't know. Well, I will say, I think these were kind of fun. We, we picked some ones that are kind of little bitty, itty bitty ones, but I think we had more to talk about yeah. than I thought we did. Well, I mean, you know, we always can go off on a tangent. We can always find a way to lengthen mm-hmm. this podcast mm-hmm. when necessary. Mm-hmm. It's way easier when we're both doing it together. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about where Star Wars is this week, because a lot of move, mm-hmm. great motion in the future there is. Um, so as of this recording, as of the day of this recording the mandalorian season two trailer has come out i have not seen it and you have i have um you know mac has chosen not to watch it which i think makes sense um it's like a month away i can wait i mean yeah at this point it's not like they're trying to sell us on it right right um i guess here's what i'll say about it it shows very very little and that is what i want in a trailer now, if they were going to show me this trailer six months ago, I would want more by now. But the fact that we're basically six weeks out, it's fine. I don't you know need to see be? anything. Back when uh, Celebration happened in Chicago, I, I was in the Mandalorian panel and I got <laughs> to see that preview. And from 
April till October, I had to live with not only knowing it, but realizing, A, I could not effectively describe it to anyone. Mm -hmm. And B, I didn't want to. It was so good. I wanted people to experience the way I did, which was just like fresh. Amazing. Yeah. Um, You know, it's fine. There's like one new character, but you have no idea really who it is. Like you could maybe take a guess. Um, you see brief flashes of some characters you already know. There's one child joke. There's one planet you know what it is, and another planet you might be able to take a very educated guess. But, like, it's very minimal. One joke, one fight scene, one piece of dialogue from a new character. It's very, very minimal. I don't know. Like I said, I'm trying to stay neutral, and it's only because, like I said, I'm so sold. I will be there every week as soon as I can to watch each episode. There's no chance I will get to the Saturday after its release and see it. I will see it that day. That I'm just like, I don't. There's no reason to. Yeah. There's no other reason than, to. Other than Instagram ads getting in my way and showing me this production still. I've basically been completely yeah. clean on finding anything yeah. about The Mandalorian yeah. since. I was more pumped seeing the pictures than I was the trailer, I think. Okay. I can well, see there it's is more... one thing in the trailer that's pretty cool. Well, it's, I do it's like, minimal. I do like the little baby bag he's carrying around. Yes, for sure. I, I like I like that the child is, is going to sure. go on adventures too. I don't think you see him in the bag in the trailer you see him in his pram well as someone who really really remembers the original material shown to the mandalorian and how that shaped out to be when we got there i think one of the funny things about mandalorian is since it's such an episodic show yeah like you said hey there's a new character like well that new character could be around for four episodes or one one they could literally be around for one second and then not come back till next season and and that's fine that's Mm -hmm. that's what's fun about the mandalorian is it's it's such a um kaleidoscope into the galaxy you can see a lot of familiar stuff some completely new stuff and they will mix it together and they will not emphasize one or the Mm -hmm. other like here's lord gideon he's got the dark saber okay anyway moving on we're moving on from that but but wait 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 what do you what do you mean that the destruction of we're gonna come back and talk about what happened to mandalore it was bad that's it that's all we're gonna get so far novel coming 2021 yeah um it's you know it's it's uh it's it's i mean it's it's a perfectly good teaser because it does exactly what you want it to do it gets you hyped for the show that you know you're gonna watch no matter what and so it's just letting you know it's coming back and for the people who are not us not listening to star wars podcasts every week and paying attention to star wars reddit and whatever right you know for them oh great i turn on my disney plus and i see a new trailer or oh great i turn on my youtube app and i see this thing is coming back that i'm just finding out about now and for those people mm-hmm. it's great too i'm sure but realistically it's it, it is what it is it's a tease sure and and um there's literally i don't think anything i actually we got a twitter response of that like it is a little toss-up of certain point of view Empire or Mandalore. What is my most excited oh, thing? Oh, you saw that. I, I saw was that. wondering if you, uh, if y- you you're saw right. that. I think Mandalorian edges out only because I know it will be really hard for me not to love every single millisecond of the new season of Mandalorian. I could see the uh, the new uh, the Empire certain point of view. I could see one that's like oh, that was interesting, but yeah, like thirty eight of these I love. Right. Two of these stories I was like, I mean, I'll be fair. We talked about this. I skipped some of that Mousedroid story the first time I read through it in well, the we, original. From but you got back to it. Right? I did. Read you, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 there's forty stories of fun. They can't all be winners, but a lot of them will. Be. We'll rephrase that. 
I think they will all be winners yeah. to a certain audience. Yeah. I think each one of them plays really, really well. Yeah. Like the story of Cabe in, uh, you know, in um, New Hope is like, oh, yeah, I think I remember vaguely what mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you about the Dagonga over in the trash <laughs> compactor. I remember that story backwards and forwards. <laughs> but Mandalorian is, is I'm yeah. so excited. There's another exciting thing going on in Star Wars I want to talk um, about. Um, before that, we leave Mando, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just announced today uh, Black Series Incinerator Trooper. From Mando season one. Can't wait. Especially because to me, I'm going to count that as that's our third Force Unleashed Black Series figure. I also like that name, Incinerator Trooper. So they're not Flame Troopers like the First Order. They're They're, they're, it it is marked as Incinerator. That's a cool. It's cool. It is cool. I think hang out with the Range Troopers as we just keep expanding the cool names Mm -hmm. of Stormtroopers, Mountain Troopers. So this relates a little bit to Black Series. So. If you you go into your local Target, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they have been importing things from Batu recently. <laughs> they have, yes. Um, and it's been really, really cool. I got um, something I, I really enjoy, which is a set of normal human 52 deck card playing cards, but they're cut like Sabacc cards. Mm-hmm. They're very cool. I saw them um, myself. As a as a fan who got also smuggled from Batu, uh, the legit like mm-hmm. um, Sabacc, and that's always been a huge favorite part of my fandom we're gonna play that soon we do we need yeah, to play as soon that. as we can touch cards unilaterally yeah um <laughs> safely yeah oh well, you're not wrong we gotta get some plastic gloves we, <laughs> we'll play <laughs> we'll play we're six feet apart we'll put our masks on we'll play it'll be fine it'll be fine now the one thing i don't like is i'm not a collector like you are i'm not used to the slings and arrows of and pain of collecting. And I've heard horror stories from a lot of collector friends in different areas about how 2020 has been rough. It's been rough. And it's because it's all online. So like half of it is bots and scalpers that mm-hmm. you're fighting. And it's like triple worse than it normally mm-hmm. is. It's worse. No doubt. Uh, last week, I suddenly and sharply became pained by this because what did you buy. No, what I want to buy Uh-oh. desperately and check every couple of hours to see if it's back in stock is the 40th anniversary Lego Star Wars set that is the weather control vein that's in Cloud City where Luke, I am your father, happens. It's a beautiful Lego set in this. We've talked about one of my favorite Lego set trends has been these scene sets. Yes, for sure. They're little pieces of the scene. The Mm -hmm. biggest one was the the, uh, Rip... uh, Cloud City? No, 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 no. Uh, Force Awakens, the the terrible trash compactor monsters. That have the Raftars. Raftars. I was just say yeah. Riptars. I'm like, that's Rathars. not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raftars. Yeah. There's the Raftar set. That's the biggest one. I think the Cloud City set's much bigger. But I don't think that's a scene. You know, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's a diorama. When I'm thinking about yeah. it, I'm thinking of like, there's the Vader one where he's the transformation yeah. where he flipped the table and then yeah. put the there's helmet the on. There's the carbon freezing chamber. Carbon freezing chamber. Yeah. I love these. Yes, yes. Um, I have a couple. And myself, so I yeah. really desperately want this, but because it's a 40th anniversary thing, I'm assuming that Lego made them for celebration and they've done making them. They will not make any more of them. Target oh. is protecting it a little bit by the fact that you have to be a red card member of Target. I don't even think I've seen Which this. I am. Yeah. And it's supposed to be at stores, but just quickly browsing through Reddit, it never got there. <laughs> And it's been sold out since the second the page was available on Target.com. Yeah. There's some people saying that like, oh, I don't even think it really launched. It's been that bad. But I'm like, if you look at the web history, there are some pictures of people who have it in hand. So either they either they stole them early from packaging, but like 
it's just a pain in the butt to get, and I desperately it want is. it. So you, you think it was a convention exclusive that got moved in store? Almost everyone agrees on that point that this was Lego's celebration exclusive because they've had them before. Right, right, right. Um, right and right. everyone thinks that, yeah. especially with the 40th tie-in, yeah. it seems correct. Yeah, I'm not a huge Lego guy, but I hadn't heard of this at oh, all. Oh, yeah, it's... Um, it, is it I and I don't think I'll ever get it just the way well, the, the 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 way the currents of the force are yeah. flowing. Did you get? Did you order the Razor Crest? The Lego I did, Razor Crest. I did not because the NES Lego set came out yeah. and blasted my Lego budget completely out of the water. Because yeah. as much as I like the Razor Crest and I would like my little the child Lego, mm-hmm. the NES is equal parts of my life as the yeah, as Star it. Wars is. So I get it. I had. We'll see that. if you make it to Christmas. Um, we'll see if once we'll we're see. like three episodes into season two, if you're there's, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you Crest. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I do like, mm-hmm, supposedly there's like a rumor there's junk. a vintage collection Razor Crest coming out. So if you want a really high detailed, like action figure one that you don't have to build, <sighs> that is beautiful. Too. It's just a beautiful chunk, you know, it beautiful hunk, hunk of junk, hunk of junk. I love it. Uh, let's see. What else is any other collecting news for you, Mac? Well, like I said, there's some cool stuff. Like if you want to get some of those tiki cups that were sold, oh, uh, those yes. are there. So I have yet to find any of the exclusive Black Series. I've been to a couple of Targets, you know, my in-person yeah. toy runs. Um, when Cardinal and Rex, so there's Cardinal, Rex, um, Hondo, and the Mountain Trooper. Yes. Now the Mountain Trooper I have because I have the three pack from from Galaxy's Edge, the Kylo Mountain Trooper Mouse Droid and uh, I think Pyre is the other one. Okay. Um when Cardinal and Rex went live, I had them both in my cart. Yeah. But then when I went to check out Cardinal wasn't available and I'm like yep. I'm not paying $7 for shipping just for this stupid Rex figure. Yeah. So I just didn't get them. I just was like whatever. I probably should have gotten the Rex. We'll I see how much a... you regret it in a couple of months. Yeah, here's the thing. Someone I know is going to go back to Galaxy's Edge, and apparently right. they're on sale there now. And I don't think they're going to be limited because these are figures that have been being sold since the park opened. It's not like these are right, new figures. Right. So I suspect that these are going to be available for the time being. Right. So I think I'm going to be able to get them. I don't have any of them in hand yet. Uh, at the Target the other day, I was just showing off Mac. I got yeah, myself a new uh, the Child Turvis Cup. Which is adorable because it's, uh, it's a little... <laughs> It's a little cheeky version of him, yeah. just a little like cartoony version. Mm-hmm. And then it Sitting says the child pram. down the side and has a little smaller version of him standing outside of his baby carrier. But I cute. like it because it's got a nice blue lid. It's uh, and half off, 10 bucks for a large turvis. That is, that's, that doesn't that's happen. a good deal. doesn't matter what it is. 10 bucks for a large turvis is a good deal. I'm a deal. big fan of the turvises and I'm like that the Star Wars mm-hmm. brand's been there for you a long time. You just like them because they rhyme with your name, I think. Uh, that's not really. Purvis drinks actually, from turvis. They, 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 you know what? My, my parents were the first ones who found them and they got me some of them. And yeah. actually, that's one of the things I don't like about no, it. Oh, really? They spell it with an E and I'm not, I'm uh, not into it. Not, not close. Not if it was my whole name rhyme, except yeah. a T instead at the beginning instead of the other one, I like it. I've well, got a nice Marauder's my, uh, Map one. My second Star Wars Tervis. I also have a Darth Vader one, but I'm going to be getting some more. But for 10 bucks, I mean, you can't pass that no, up. No, no. Um, I had a chance to buy both of the exclusive pops at Target. The I can't remember what they're called. The Red Droid and the Orange Droid. Yeah. I don't know. I passed. I was just like, I'm at this point in my life where I pops and Lego, like, it's going to take a lot to get me to pull the trigger on a pop. And as much as I love the way the BB-8 droids look in the pop, mm-hmm. the BB series droids, uh, I didn't get them. But they did just announce, uh, you know, convention exclusive, so I probably won't be able to get them. Uh, but a 
Luke and Leia Jedi training flashback scene oh, from The Rise of Skywalker pops. Really cool. And their helmets are up. I kind of wish the helmets were down. You know, the blast shields they're using. No, uh, you want them to do both. Just a little, little oh, lever that would in be there. A pop. That's not happening in a pop. No, no. Um, we, we need to make this even the, less A Black attract- Series figure. Whew. Um, if, if that was if the If the case, Black Series goes on long enough. They we don't probably... even have a crate, Luke. So let's not hold our breath here. I um, think, sadly, you would get that before the crate. <laughs> there was art that leaked for a crate, Luke, like a year ago. So well, what's just the remember, heck? how long did it take it to Luke after episode seven? When episode eight came out. It took two yeah. years. Yeah, it exactly. Years. It's been two years, though. But anyway, um, so we have, so those, so I will try and get those if I can get them great. If I can't, whatever. I'm not going to pay up million dollars for them but even like i don't need the ones that have the special label on them so if they become a hot topic or a GameStop or whatever hopefully i'll at least be able to get them there you know i don't need them to have the new york sticker on them they can just have the generic convention sticker on them if they do that Mm -hmm. um my 40th anniversary carbonized boba fett and darth vader have come Uh in since we last spoke i just talking about those on the Um, podcast the boba fett is beautiful it'll probably be the one i won't open just because that beautiful green box Mm um I bought two of the Vaders. Only one has come in. I haven't opened it yet. We'll see. Um, I also got in the 40th anniversary Black Series Vader on the card. You know, the classic card back. The That one, I got that. Um, I didn't get... I didn't buy the third new Vader. I didn't buy the one in the new box. Well, I did, but I canceled my pre-order. Uh, <laughs> because, as I said, I just need to cut back a little bit on some of this stuff. Um, but I pretty much, I'm gonna, I'm pretty much, I think from this point on, gonna kind of abandon Lego and abandon Pop and just kind of go Black just Series and novels. It, don't worry, the Legos are down here whenever you want. IKEA just announced a yeah. new Lego storage system yeah. for their furniture, so like, I will have a place to keep Lego, which is great because then I'll have a place to buy more Legos because it's usually. I think I've told you I, I use a company that does Lego recycling where you yeah. send it back, they break them down, and then they yeah. give them as kits to kids. Yeah. Um, there's enough Lego stuff in Star Wars. I really like. I'm not. I'm like. I don't want to get rid of this, but I have no more room. Like, yeah. I want the Razor's Crest. Where would I put it? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I would like to get rid of some of my Lego sets myself. That's not a bad idea. Maybe. Uh, I don't know if I have. Maybe we can give one or two of them away. I don't know if anybody would want my used, already well, built Lego. Let us know because the season of giving season is coming. Season of giving is coming around. That's exactly what I was thinking. If you want like a thirty dollar used Lego set that doesn't have a box or manual, it's already built. Maybe we surprised. can make that happen. Um, but surprised. maybe otherwise, maybe that's not a bad idea. Donate them because I don't really like. I'm not going to resell. If you're not going to display sets. them once they've been completed, I'm a big fan of like Lego yeah. is building them. Yeah, there's only a handful of ones that I go like I want to keep that around because I want to go yeah. look at that and say that's mine. Yeah. See, um, for me, that I want to keep them. I want them on the shelf. Well, but like, and, and for the things that you have, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole thing is it's, it's a moving equation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I really want that Darth Vader talking to Luke one, and I'm like, and the problem with Lego is Lego in its normal supply chain is I think one of the best toy companies oh, in the yeah. world in the sense of. Hey, people really like that. We'll build a second wave and a third wave. And yeah. we'll, we'll usually get to the point we've got most of the demand. Yeah. Like if you're, for instance, a lot of people wanted the Stranger Things and Friends sets. I was going to say out. the Friends one is one. it took like yeah. six months, but they, re, they restocked it. You could get it. it if you wanted it. Yeah, yeah, they really, they made a point of trying to get mm-hmm. you to get it. God, that Stranger Things set is one of the coolest sets ever. But the problem I think with this set is I think it was made for a convention. I'm assuming they were all boxed and finished back in like February. Mm-hmm. And that... 
they've made as many as they're going to. And they're like, well, it has a 40th anniversary thing. We can't make it in the next year. <laughs> so like, I, I'm pretty convinced that whatever supply exists is the supply. And yeah. if I really, really want it, I'm going to have to pay. It's a $35 set. And I'm going to expect I have pay at least triple that if I want it. And it's, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. it. Collecting's um, tough. Collecting's tough. Collecting is tough. Let's see. Anything else on the horizon? The Thrawn book just came out. Yep. So far, I've had two copies. Both have come damaged. So I have to decide, <laughs> uh, you know, what do I want to do here? Um, so, so far, I have two copies. Technically, I've returned them both through Amazon, but haven't sent them yet. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do. They won't send me another copy, um, which is frustrating for me. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Maybe go to a Barnes & Noble and buy one. I don't know. Well, the problem is you're a collector, so you're not here just for the words on the page. You are here yeah, for a we're tome t- that you'll keep. But it's, I mean, I don't mind if they're a little, like, bent or whatever. But, like, like the one cover, like, the Star Wars logo, half of it is, like, scratched off. And then That's the other word. one looks like it has, like, a dried mud on the cover. Like, they yeah. look like they were beat up. Like, I they know. were left I've, out in the rain or I've been something. getting role-playing books, and one thing that keeps showing up is, like, the covers being off-center by, like, like the wrap. Oh, interesting. And it being off. So like what's really weird is the edges of all like D and D books have like a texture to them. Mm-hmm. So it's very weird that the, the texture didn't move, <laughs> but the place <laughs> that tech, the graphic that texture should be on has absolutely moved. Interesting. It's weird. Interesting. Okay. Uh, uh, I think that's enough yakking for now, huh? Yeah. I'm feeling good about this. Let's wrap this thing up, huh? All right. Well, until we come back together, I'm Mac and I'm Ross. And until next Wednesday, May the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2020.